welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. Wednesday to you. It is Hump Day. I'm Brad Brown. It's good to have you with us. Uh, it is Hump Day as we're recording this. I might add. Uh, you might be listening to it on a Saturday uh, or a Sunday or a Monday. It doesn't really matter. But as I'm speaking, this it is a Wednesday here in sunny Cape Town uh, in South Africa. I hope you are well wherever you are in your corner of the world. And uh, yeah, of late, I've been getting a few messages on social media of people taking selfies of where they're listening to the podcast. And uh, yeah, keep doing it. Hashtag the Cone Edge uh, across uh, the various platforms, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter uh, or Instagram. Or if you'd like, you can uh, tag us directly. Just search for the Cone Edge on whatever platform you hang out on. And uh, yeah, touch base. I'd love to to hear from you and see where everyone listens to these podcasts. Before we get into today's uh, podcast, and I have to tell you, there is one of the funniest one-liners uh, in today's show that I have uh, ever heard on this podcast. So uh, you'll know it when you hear it. Uh, it is fantastic. And today I catch up with uh, Colin Cook who shares his journey into the sport of Ironman and uh, some of the goals and aspirations that he has still for his Ironman and triathlon career. That's all coming up in a moment. But don't forget that this episode and a huge thank you goes out to our sponsor. Uh, it is sponsored by jackrabbit.com. They've teamed up with uh, Hoka One One uh, this month to give you the chance to win some shoes. We've got four pairs in all to give away throughout the month of September. We've given away two already, which means there are two pairs left. If you have got your name into the draw yet you snooze you lose okay the sooner you get into the draw the better your chances of winning we've got two more pairs to give away we'll be doing the draw first or first of those two draws early next week and then the following week we'll be doing the last so get into that draw now if you'd like to find out more about it and more about jackrabbit.com all you have to do is head over to this url it is jackrabbit.com forward slash kona edge alternatively what you can do is simply text the word jackrabbit that's one word to 4422 Two. That's J A C K R A B B I T to four four two two two, and I'll send you those details uh, right back on uh, how you can get into the draw to win those Hoka One One running shoes. And if you'd like to find out more uh, about JackRabbit.com uh, and what JackRabbit does, they have uh, or they are a group of speciality running stores uh, in your neighbourhoods. Head to their website to find out exactly where a store near you is. But they've also got a very very uh, extensive online footprints and uh, they can deliver straight to your door so go check them out jackrabbit.com forward slash kona edge is where you can get all those details today's coach's corner is brought to you by try Marni triathlon coaching for the past 11 years Marni and carl sumbal have shared a very active lifestyle together as long-time competitive athletes, they've achieved a number of athletic accomplishments in the sport of swimming, running, triathlon, and cycling. Over time, the athletic hobby turned into a respectable and successful business. Trimani Coaching and Nutrition offers effective coaching and nutrition strategies designed to help athletes achieve healthy habits and athletic excellence. Trimani believes in incorporating scientific research with practical ideologies and applying this information to real-world settings to help triathletes develop and excel on race day. 
Between them both, they have successfully finished 18 Ironman triathlons and have competed in the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii, a total of six times. Marnie is a board-certified sport dietitian with a Master's of Science in Exercise Physiology, and Carl is an experienced retool bike specialist, former Cat 1 cyclist, and proficient bike mechanic. Between them both, they have many years of practice, education, and skills from their own athletic careers and now apply that experience and knowledge to athletes of all fitness levels. Trimani offers a variety of services from daily and sport nutrition consultations, sweat testing, retool bike fits, private and group training camps, and coaching. To discover more about Trimani Triathlon Coaching, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, if you're a coach or if you have a coaching business and would like to get a plug on the podcast, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. It is bright and early where, where you are. Uh, you, you obviously used to getting up this time of the morning to, to sort of train and uh, thanks for getting up to, to chat to us. Ah, oh, my pleasure. Really excited to be on. Connor, where in the States do we find you? So I live in a little town called Brookline, New Hampshire. Um, so we're about an hour uh, north of Boston. And the, the tri scene, pretty pretty big there. You guys, uh, there's, a, there's a handful of triathletes that hang out with you guys. We're working on it, yeah. So I, I uh, actually founded and, uh, and run the, the local tri club. Uh, we've got about 165 members. So it's, uh, it's continuing to grow and uh, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Great people. Where, where did your sort of introduction to the sport come from? How did, how did you get into triathlon? So I actually played hockey in college, so I was kind of an athlete my whole life. But uh, after college, and even, yeah, to be honest, at the end of my college career, I was doing a lot of partying and uh, really wasn't happy with the direction my life was headed in. And uh, so literally about, I think, three in the morning, one one time uh, with my buddies, you know, rather intoxicated and things, I said, oh, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon this year. <laughs> you know, and all my buddies laughed at me and they said, yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, I stuck with it and I did it. And kind of triathlon was the next, you know, obstacle to tackle, if you will. And uh, never looked back. I love it. Were you? I mean, you say you played hockey. You were fairly fit. Uh, it's a different fitness to running a, a marathon. Did you have a bit of a running background, or was it when you sobered up, thought, "How the hell am I going to do this?" <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a little bit of how the hell am I going to do this. But uh, you know, obviously, there's some cross training for hockey. You know, you do some running and stuff, but nothing more than, geez, um, you know, a couple of miles, I guess. So, um, you know, something that wasn't, I guess, natural to me, but uh, picked it up pretty well. And let me just put it out there for, for a lot of our international listeners. Uh, we're talking hockey as in ice hockey, not, not field hockey that we would Good play here in South Africa. Yeah, right. No, definitely ice hockey. Yeah, okay. exactly. Cool. <laughs> and I mean, how did that first Boston go? I mean, what was, t- tell me a little bit about the build up to that and, and how that first sort of experience of, of that marathon was. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, actually, I'll or maybe I sh- I would get myself in trouble with this, but I was planning to run it as a bandit. Um, I didn't have a, a number, <laughs> and uh, so one of my friends actually he had a friend, this gal that uh, she ended up hurting her ankle or something like that, so she wasn't gonna be able to run. So I ended up using her number, and so um, there's a little town uh, called North Reading, Massachusetts, where I'm actually the fastest woman to complete the uh, Boston <laughs> Marathon from. <there. laughs> So, um, you know, I only ran, I ran a 354, I think. So, um, not, uh, or that's my, still my only standalone marathon I've ever done. So, uh, that's, that's my fastest to this point. Well, well we won't tell anyone if you won't. I, I love that story. I think yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Right, that's right. Colin, t- tell me, I mean, the, the, the move then from, from running that, I mean, you obviously had a, a good experience. I mean, 
often often you can have a, a horrible first experience of the marathon and you go, you know what, that was cool, but I never want to do that again. But that wasn't the case for you. You obviously digged it and you, you're back for more. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I you know, again, I, I thought uh, I had... When I was in school, one of my teachers actually did Ironman Arizona. And, you know, so that kind of put the bug in my mind, you know, whatnot. And I said, wow, you know, at that point, I really couldn't even fathom doing it. But, uh, you know, felt like maybe that would be something to, to tackle next or whatnot. So um, definitely goal oriented. And kind of when I set my mind to things, I like to do it. So uh, it was just the next step in the evolution. You know? and, and human memory tends to be quite short as well. I, I ran a marathon yesterday and blew up. I had the worst day of my life. And, <laughs> and today I'm thinking about, mm, maybe I want to do an Ironman. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's weird it's like that. You, you're, you're sort of steps into into triathlon tell me tell me how that came about what like uh, and, and and what was it well, like I yeah, mean- I, so I had actually signed up I did a, a half Ironman that same year that I did the marathon and uh, I definitely had my doubts the day after the marathon I'll tell you that <laughs> I always joke with my clients that we're not we're not picking your next race you know the day after the race because that's usually not uh, when uh, the confidence of the morale is, is super high for picking races and whatnot but uh, you know as the days go on you know later that week then you know so it's it's a good sign you're already thinking about it uh, <laughs> especially after a rough day yesterday. yeah the, the, it's, uh, it's after the fact the day after is okay it's during the marathon you're thinking to yourself why oh, am yeah, i doing yeah. this and i had i questioned my sanity a few times yesterday i can tell you that much as as well, far it, as as far as jumping into to the half did you did you do sort of shorter distances or was that it i mean you, you obviously like biting off a bit more than than most can chew but uh you, you you full out you i mean you don't you don't nothing in half measures no no definitely went all out but i mean i did do uh i did an olympic was my first distance race and then i think i snuck one or two sprints in there, um, you know, just to kind of do some testing and whatnot. But uh, it was it was all about the half for sure. Were you um, pretty good? Season. Were you pretty good from the start? Um, yeah, I went pretty well. I think I uh, I did four fifty seven in my first. So uh, was the one to go sub five kind of was my my uh, reach goal there. You know, obviously wanted to finish, but uh, um, things went went pretty well and uh definitely really hooked me so that was good i'm gonna say 457 you're pretty well and my pretty well are two different things because 457 <laughs> is really good uh, first time out so you must have been pretty chuffed yeah yeah it was uh it was good i remember definitely having some cramping issues and some things i do definitely a lot differently <laughs> if i uh you know could do it again but uh it was uh it was still a great experience well, what do you think caused those cramps? i mean knowing what you know now what do you reckon caused those issues in that first one Ah, uh, definitely not enough fluids and salts on the bike. Simple as that. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's cool when you can figure things out like that. And then the the step up. I mean, you'd obviously had some exposure, as you mentioned, to to seeing someone or knowing someone who had done a, a full Ironman. T- tell me about the the decision to to go and do the big one. Yeah, I mean, again, it was kind of I think always in the back of my mind. Where even if I wouldn't admit it to people, you know, it was something that uh, I wanted to to get done for sure. So. Um, I think it was more just kind of the the timing of when I was going to do it. And uh, uh, I was thinking about waiting yet another season um, that ended up being the next year after um, after the the firm man, it was called the half Ironman I did. And uh, it was, you know, I did Ironman Arizona. So it was t- towards the end of the season. So I felt like it gave me another, you know, more than a full year to, to train for it. So uh, worked out uh, pretty well minus uh i actually got hit by a car on my bike about uh eight weeks before the race so uh 
even a couple of days before I wasn't quite sure I was going to be able to do it. I, I tore my labor with my left hip, which has been a problem ever since, but, um, it worked out and adrenaline can do a lot of good things for you. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. And that first one, how, how did it go? Did it, did it go according to plan? Obviously the buildup wasn't, wasn't ideal, but did you, you end up coming out of it? What getting what you wanted out of it? Yeah, I did. Um, so I did a 1040, um, which I think if I was healthy, probably would have been more in the 1015, 1020 range or whatnot. So again, given how skeptical I was about how things were going to go, I was, I was thrilled with it for sure. Colin, we, growing up as a kid, have you always been competitive? Uh, I mean, are you one of those kids that just hated losing and you still like that? For sure. There's <laughs> really no way to deny that. I've always been uh, very competitive and uh, played on some pretty successful teams when I was growing up and things, and uh, um, that, that hasn't changed. <laughs> do, do you think you need to have that as a, as a trait if you want to be good at, at, at the sport of Ironman and, and, and race on the big island? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I still truly believe that the only person you should be racing against is yourself, you know, and if you want your best results, you're going to get those by, you know, following your what's what makes sense for you. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you don't have that drive and, you know, if you don't use those lows as motivation, you know, because you're certainly going to have lows and things that don't go well. And, if you know, if you're somebody that just is out of the hell with it, you know, when when things don't go well, then you're probably not going to be, you know, as suited to, to be successful as people that uh, use that again as motivation and say, all right, you know, here's what I'm going to do differently to make sure that uh, that doesn't happen again and that I get where I want to be. When did, when did Kona, Kona first pop up on the radar for you? Uh, again, I mean, you know, once you, once you hear about Ironman, you know, it doesn't take long to, to hear about Kona and that being kind of the, the Mecca and what everybody wants to get to. So, um, you know, obviously I had no realistic expectations of qualifying at my first race, but, uh, was, was something again with the competitiveness that, uh, I wanted, I, I was interested in getting there at some point. Did you qualify in that first one or did you, did you just, no, no, I didn't. Okay. No, it took, uh, let's see, it was my, uh, fourth Ironman where I qualified I believe yeah what was was that the plan or were you hoping to qualify before then uh so that year I did Ironman St. George and then uh so I didn't qualify there uh, that was one of the craziest races I've ever done there's some crazy conditions but uh didn't qualify there and then I did the Ironman New York City I guess we'll call it and uh it was definitely the goal was to qualify there and uh ended up sneaking it out uh actually it was a, a roll down i was one off um but it, it worked out and uh couldn't have been happier for sure one of the or two of the big things that, that come out of these chats that i've had with age groupers over the years is is the first one being consistency of training to get you to kona and the second one is patience often people you want it and you want it now uh oh yeah talk to me about the the planning and 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 what it takes and to to sort of put that plan together in order to to get to the big island yeah i mean you know it absolutely it's it's definitely about you know that dedication and being able to you know for me in in new england here and in, in the u.s you know we we're about to hit our cold season where you know you're training indoors you know the sun's not coming out till almost eight in the morning and things and you know you're down in your dungeon training you know and it takes a tremendous amount of dedication and for me and you know what i try and do with my athletes though that really can be the most important part of your season. I like to refer to that as kind of the out season where, you know, you're focusing on getting faster at shorter distances. And then, you know, we take that to going faster over longer distances once ideally the weather gets nice and, you know, race season starts coming around. So 
um, you know, it's, it's definitely not easy sometimes where, uh, you'd, you'd love to sleep in and, uh, but you know, you know what that's, it's what it's going to take to, to get you where you want to be and, and hit your goals. What do you think's the secret to, to qualifying for, for Kona? Uh, I mean, I said it earlier, but I, I really, truly believe that you got to be able to uh, to stick to your plan and and not get caught up in what other people are doing. I mean, I'm uh, for me, I'm definitely uh, the run is my strength. So, you know, I think there's been a few times where if I knew, like, I've come off the bike in like 11th or 12th in my age group and still won my age group and things, you know, where if if I knew that coming off the bike, you know, I'd maybe like, oh my goodness, you know, I got to run faster than I need to and and not build on that, you know, and, and slowly, you know, progressively, you know, track people down and whatnot. So um, being smart there, I think is, is really important. You know, obviously you got to play to your strengths and whatnot, but uh, I, my, my favorite line I think is, you know, we, we, uh, we swim and we bike for show and we run for dough, right? So, you know, you got to be able to, to set yourself up to, to run successfully and, uh, um, that's definitely been really helpful to me. It's so funny you say that because that's exactly what happened in my marathon yesterday. And the reason I blew up is I was running with someone and then decided, you know what, I want to catch a mate of mine who was, I knew was a fair way up the road. And instead of taking my time to try and catch him, I literally tried to do it in the space of 10 Ks. And by the time I hit halfway, I was absolutely broken. And it was, uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't a fun second half. I can tell you that much. And, and, and that's exactly it. It's again, it boils down to that patience and, and knowing what you're capable of. And, and if you run, or, or, or if you run the perfect run or if you finish the, the perfect race, if it's good enough to win on the day, then then so be it. Then you've done what you needed to do. But as soon as you get caught up in that in that uh, sort of chasing the, the hair just in front of you, you you're gonna you're gonna get into get yourself into trouble. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you know, another thing I'm a big proponent of is really those first few miles, especially the Ironman, that you really gotta let yourself settle into that and you know there's different philosophies and strategies and whatnot where some people you know push that you should you know you should actually slowly digress and your pace should slow as the marathon progresses but um you know i'm a huge fan of you you go out at the proper pace and then you should actually be able to to negative split the marathon and when you do that you know your confidence is just soaring because you're blowing by people that are walking you know and and um you know your morale is just so much more higher than or higher than what it would be if you're just dying and obviously you get you get tired either way but uh to put yourself in a position where you're you're thriving as opposed to you know looking behind you and hoping that people aren't catching you you know it's just a totally different mindset that i think is really powerful yeah the go until you blow strategy is not necessarily the way to go it works for some people you know every once in a while but uh that's uh i haven't seen as much success with it i'll put it that way didn't work for, didn't work for me yesterday i can tell you that much <laughs> colin talk to me about your first experience on the big islands and uh sort of having set the goal and qualified and and getting to race against uh, i mean for for most people getting to race on the same course on the same day as the best triathletes not just in your age group but in the world i mean pros yeah, and and, and all the other age groups tell, tell me about your experience and, and what that's like yeah it was you know very very special um you know i'll say the when i first got there i remember uh, i was doing i got out of the car um with my bike you know to do a, a trainer ride a training ride and um i literally you know was sweating profusely and hadn't even got on my bike yet and I literally thought to myself I don't know if I can do this you know and you know we all aspire and don't get me wrong I I shoot you know want to go back again and and we love to to race there as much as we can um but 
you don't quite understand those conditions until you get out there and, and you actually experience it because it's it's like no other place in the world <laughs> that I've experienced anyways. And, and so many people say that. Is there any way, now that you've experienced it, and, and how can someone prepare themselves? You say there's almost no way, but there's got to be some way. What, what's... What like if you had to go back and do things over again? Would you change anything in that build-up to to prepare yourself for that? What would you have done? It's tough. I mean, I think that you know, again, especially living in New England here, you know, it's starting to get cold now. So you know, with with Kona, you know, just about a month out, you know, the the temperatures start to drop. I mean, you can't do open water. You need a wetsuit in the open water, you know, which you know, obviously, you're not going to be able to use in Kona. Um, and you know, you're, you're in those colder climates. Um, I am a huge fan of, of using saunas for heat acclimation. Um, so, you know, that's really the best prep I've seen and, and have some things I do with my clients and, and whatnot to myself to, uh, to prepare, you know, the best we can there. But, um, I, I think I'd be lying to you if I told you there's a way to truly emulate and, and get fully prepared for the island until you go out there and you actually experience it. Do, do you also think it's a case of the more you do it and the more you, you put yourself in that situation the the better you get at dealing with that definitely definitely i think experience too where your mindset and you know once you know what to expect and you know the fact that you know you could put out we'll call it 250 watts you know and you know you're doing 30 miles an hour one way and you're doing 10 or 11 miles an hour the the other direction you know based on the winds and you know to not get caught up in that you know and and to get worried about oh my goodness you know i'm doing 10 or 11 miles an hour right now you know i need to be going faster um you have to be able to just say all right you know this is this is where i'm at right now this is the pace i need to be at you know power effort wise and you know that's what's going to give you where if you get caught up in that and you try and push through that you're going to end up in trouble for sure. <laughs> How easy is it to get carried away in, in a race like the World Champs, where you, you race a race like Arizona or any other Ironman around the world, where if you're good, you're at the front end of the field and there's not too many people around you, but you get to Kona and everyone's good. And you get out exactly. the water and there's a lot of people around you and you think to yourself, hang on a sec, maybe I'm a bit further back than what I am. But meantime, you're hitting your numbers. How difficult yeah. is it to hold yourself back and go, you know what? I need to race my own race. Uh, I'm not chasing anyone here but myself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a challenge. I think it's actually something I've been pretty good at over the years where a lot of people will, you know, exactly right. You know, you're used to being, you don't like being passed, you know, you don't want to be passed. And people will say, all right, you know, I'm going to go with this guy. And, you know, it just, everything you do on the island, you know, is just magnified as far as mistakes, you know, where if you you do make those surges and things like that, you're you're gonna pay for it later on, and you know that having the discipline is is just vital. You got to be able to do it, and it's it's easier said than done for a lot of people, but uh, for the reasons you exactly mentioned there. But uh, um, you got to do it. And, and the margins for error are a lot less in, in those conditions. Uh, if it's if it was temperate and mild, you, you could probably push a bit harder. But if you if you burn matches early on on the Big Island, you can get yourself into too deep deep trouble. Ah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, you know, I am a a huge fan of of still, even as an age grouper, you know, proper pacing and being able to work, you know, as a group, you know, and and being able to ride with other people, obviously, in the the appropriate distances. And and that can definitely make you stronger and and keep you at the paces that you want to be successful and kind of motivate you. Um, But at the same time, you got to be able to know that, all right, you know, this isn't this isn't the right pace for me. And uh, I got to let this guy go and, and things like that. Connor, what's the biggest life lesson that Iron Man has taught you? Ah, that's a good question. Um, 
you know, I think that you can do more than even what sometimes your mind, you know, thinks you can, you can do, um, you know, an Ironman it's itself, right. Is always filled with highs and lows throughout the day. And, you know, the, the successful people are the ones that are able to push through those lows and, you know, and, and strive off those highs. So, um, you know, you can, you can dig deeper than, than you really think you can. And, you know, once you, you get to that point, you only kind of continue to, to find new levels of, you know, able abilities to, to push yourself and whatnot. So, um, I think that experience, and as you continue to, to spend time in the sport, it just, uh, only magnifies. What, what do and, you, you know, that translates to what, to life, I guess, really. Yeah, absolutely. What, what are you most proud of in, in your Ironman career? Um, at this point it's, it's still kind of keeping going and staying, you know, relatively, uh, competitive. Um, you know, I've got, uh, I've got three little ones right now, a four-year-old, two-year-old, one-year-old, and, uh, we've got our fourth child coming here in December. So, um, you know, a lot of people will, will just call it quits and don't get me wrong. I've got an absolutely amazing wife that, uh, makes a lot of sacrifices as well for me to be able to continue to do what I do. But, um, you know, I like to, to kind of consider myself to be somebody that's kind of a role model that uh, keeps going, even though it's uh, it's it's by no means easy and it, it's not getting any easier. But, uh, you know, still still can live, you know, the triathlon lifestyle despite uh, a lot of things going on at home. I was about to say, how, I mean, recovery is pretty, pretty important. If you, you're racing hard, how do you how do you get any recovery in with with three kids under the age of what, what's your oldest? Uh, my oldest is four. He'll be five. The, I was going to say, under the well. age of five. I mean, that's you. You, you obviously don't like sleep. <laughs> uh, actually, I do. You know, I <laughs> I, uh, I love sleep, and uh, um, you know, as much as people have a tendency to to have sleep be the first thing they let go, um, you know, we it's kind of lame, obviously, but uh, you know, we're usually in bed not too long after our kids are, and uh, you know, I I was in bed before nine o'clock last night. And, uh, it's, it's not uncommon for me to, to be to bed early. So, um, you know, definitely a big fan of being efficient and, and planning ultimately is I think what has made me successful is, you know, I have my day, you know, let up, uh, prepared, excuse me, um, in advance, you know, and things like that is, is huge for me because, um, and <laughs> to be honest, there's sometimes when my wife's not as much of a planner and, uh, we have, uh, some challenges with that where, uh, you know, I've already, got the whole week planned out and things and she'd like to go jump and do things which uh we clash on a little but you know that's that's part of life and um but if i wasn't able to to plan and do you know have my my day planned out uh i don't think i'd have the success and be able to get everything i do in i was gonna ask you that i mean that having the juggle of of a wife and and three kids and number four on the way and and a job you're not a full-time athlete you've got a uh a side hustle coaching business as well so uh I, i mean it's you're not good at iron man you're good at juggling pretty much i definitely consider myself to be pretty efficient with life and and uh optimizing my time and things like that for sure um but you know you gotta just figure out you know what makes sense and you gotta recognize when it's time to to step back and you know obviously the family comes first and uh um, usually reasonably good at picking up when my wife's saying, all right, you're, you're doing too much here. You know, you know, I need some extra help here and, uh, and doing those kind of things. But, uh, it's, it's definitely a juggling act. No doubt. Is, is that something you've always been good at even, even prior to, to, to sort of getting married and having kids? Have you always been pretty efficient and, and have, have you always been a planner? Cause that's one of the questions we get asked a lot is how do people 
do this. That I mean, the, the pressures of life and earning a living and, and family, and then you throw not just one sport into this thing, you throw three. Uh, is it something that you've you've had to learn over time, or have you just been lucky that you've you've pretty much had it had it sorted from the start? No, I think it's definitely something I've learned over time, and you can definitely you know get better at. And uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and other podcasts and things like that. And I'm always looking for ideas on. You know, I'm not sure I like the word biohack, you know, whatever, but, you know, figuring out things that, that can help make you more efficient in your life and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, passing those those things on to my clients or friends and things like that as well. well what do you think? I mean, if you could nail it down to one thing from a, <laughs> let's use that term, biohack. I mean, what, what what's what's one thing that you think you've done that has really sort of moved the needle with regards to, to getting your life in, pla- like in place and, and, and everything working the way it should be working? Um, I think that, you know, nutrition is, is absolutely critical, you know, not only in, in triathlon, obviously, but just in life as well. So, you know, you have to make sure you're taking care of your body if you want to be able to expect it to perform, you know, at its top level pretty much all the time. Right. So, um, definitely it was a couple of years into my triathlon career that I started working with a nutritionist that gave me some ideas and my wife's actually quite into nutrition as well. So that's really helped as well. Um, but you know, you have to be eating properly and, um, you know, sleeping properly and, and doing those little things if you want to be able to, to stay healthy, you know, not be getting sick all the time and, and, and ultimately perform at your best when it comes down to it with the show I'm on right now. Right. You know, we want to, <laughs> we want to perform our best. Absolutely. And, and again, it, I mean, it comes down to planning, particularly the nutrition point of view. So many people are reactive as opposed to proactive where you plan your training, you, you know what you need to do this week, you, you've, you've got your work structure, but so, so few people actually plan out what their meals are going to be for, for the week and, and have, having that in place. And, and that'll make a, a huge, huge difference. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got our little chart, you know, up on the fridge and uh, usually we've got that laid out for the week and things and uh, um, definitely very helpful and, uh, you know, I think is is paramount. If I asked you what's for dinner on Thursday night, you probably could tell me. It's <laughs> uh, not my head here, maybe not, but if I went up and looked forward, I could, I could tell you. <laughs> I love that. As far as what's left to achieve, what, what do you still want? I mean, if you're old and gray one day and you can't do this anymore, what would, what would you want to have done in the sport? Well, I still, I haven't gone, I mean, I did not do any full Ironmans this year, actually, for the record. Uh, I think I'm I'm going to give it a go next year um, and try and get back to the island. But, uh, you know, ultimately, my, my lifelong goal, I would love to go sub nine, uh, ideally in Kona. Um, you know, that's uh, a lofty one, I think, for sure. You know, I, um, I still, you know, haven't done that yet. I, I think it's definitely doable for me and uh, in the right conditions or whatnot. But uh, that's that's definitely something I'd like to do. I mentioned you've got a coaching business as well. Uh, are you are you coached? Are you self coached? I am coached as well. You know, I, I have my own coach, and uh, you know, he's been extremely helpful to me, not only to you know help learn different things and tactics and stuff for for ultimately for my clients, but uh, you know, he's a family man as well, and uh, his kids are a little bit older than mine, so I've I've definitely leveraged him to to help me with you know dealing with different things that the family life brings on that uh, you know i haven't experienced yet and whatnot as well there's obviously a lot of people who who listen to this podcast who are getting going in the sport and uh often people try and because it's let's be honest it's not the cheapest of sports to do so they they sort of they they sort of nickel and dime it and they don't want to spend money on things they don't have to but and and a lot of times the thing that gets neglected is the coaching that they go and spend money on bikes and gear and 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 they try and figure this out for themselves 
what advice would you give to someone in that boat? Would would you say, you know what, maybe maybe hang off on the time trial bike, get yourself a coach first, and and what should they look for in that coach? Sure. So yeah, obviously I'm a bit biased here. So, <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, it's starting with myself, right? You know, I, could I coach myself? Yes, I th- I think I could. Um, but I like having that that outside feedback and and somebody you know analytically looking at my training and things like that that you know I'm not necessarily going to get if I'm doing it myself. So even with the knowledge I have, you know, I, I still feel there's a significant value in having a coach. But you know, for somebody especially new to the sport, you know, there's just so much going on and there's so many different things that uh, you need to consider. And uh, and a lot of times you're you're probably not considering them all in the right way. Um, so, you know, if you're somebody that, you know, wants to be efficient with your time and, you know, make sure you're getting the best of it, you know, I really think it's, it's kind of a no brainer. And, you know, when you think, sure, there's, there's some, some legitimate costs and things that are involved with it. But when you think about all the investments and things you're making in to become a triathlete, you know, especially an Ironman and the travel and the race expenses and all that stuff, it's really rather minute how much, you know, you'd be adding on for the coaching and whatnot. And, you know, hopefully it makes your experience that much more. Um, you know, significantly from an improvement standpoint, but just also the confidence and things you have going into the race. But, um, you know, to hit on what I would look for in a coach, I mean, I think it's definitely somebody you can relate to or, you know, understands, you know, the situations that you're, you're going through, um, you know, to, to not get too far off here on a tangent, but, um, you know, I think that being an age group athlete myself is, is extremely helpful in being able to help other people, um, you know, not to knock on any professionals that coach and things, but a lot of them, you know, that's, that's all they do. Right. You know, so they don't have those, those other, you know, they've got sponsorships and um, things, but you know, they can't fully relate to everything that we have to deal with, you know, when we have a full-time job, when we have kids and things that, uh, that, you know, other people may not be recognizing and whatnot. So um, I think that's, that's really important. Brilliant. Biggest mistake you've made in the, in the sport and what have you learned from it? (laughs) um the one example uh that that comes to mind actually was i think the second or third time i was in kona i was running i was using cliff blocks um so the little gummies and uh i i had them in my um my run belt all right you know and um there was just a little pouch that they were in right so i'm running through the aid station and i'm dumping water on myself and I go in and I open up my little baggie to grab my gummies and they're all dissolved. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a, a game plan strategy that uh, didn't go exactly how I wanted. Um, so that's obviously a specific example, but uh, that was the one that instantly came to my mind when you asked me that. <laughs> you've, you've never done that again, have you? No, no. They're always in a Ziploc baggie now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Colin, I look forward to talking about the individual disciplines, uh, but we'll save that for, for next time. Thanks for your time today on the Cone Edge. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And that's it for this edition of the Cone Edge. Thank you very much to my guest, Colin Cook. Uh, much appreciated, Colin. I uh, loved sharing your story and look uh, forward to finding out a little bit more about uh, the individual disciplines. Uh, we'll save that for another time, as I said in the podcast. 
I'm back again tomorrow. A massive thank you once again to our sponsor, jackrabbit.com. If you'd like to win yourself a pair of Hoka One One running shoes, all you need to do is head over to jackrabbit.com forward slash Kona Edge or simply text the word jackrabbit. That's J-A-C-K-R-A-B-B-I-T to 44222 and I'll text you those details right back. If you're in the market for running shoes or some apparel, do yourself a favor. Go check out jackrabbit.com. They have a very, very wide selection uh widest wide range of sizes uh, they've pretty much got you covered go check it out that's jackrabbit.com forward slash kona edge until tomorrow for myself brad brown it's cheers we hope you enjoyed this episode of the kona edge don't forget to connect with us on social media simply search for the kona edge